The Holy Gospel according to St. Mark, the 13th chapter. Jesus said, In those days after that tribulation, the sun will be darkened, and the moon will not give its light, and the stars will be falling from heaven, and the powers in the heavens will be shaken, and then they will see the Son of Man coming in clouds with great power and glory. And then he will send out the angels and gather his elect from the four winds and from the ends of the earth to the ends of heaven. From the fig tree learn its lesson. As soon as its branch becomes tender and puts out its leaves, you know that summer is near. So also, when you see these things taking place, you know that he is near at the very gates. Truly I say to you, this generation will not pass away until all these things take place. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will not pass away. But concerning that day or that hour, no one knows, not even the angels in heaven nor the Son, but only the Father. Be on guard, keep awake, for you do not know when the time will come. It is like a man going on a journey when he leaves home and puts his servants in charge, each with his work, and commands the doorkeeper to stay awake. Therefore stay awake, for you do not know when the master of the house will come, in the evening, or at midnight, or when the cock crows, or in the morning, lest he come suddenly and find you asleep. And what I say to you, I say to all, Stay awake. This is the Gospel of the Lord. In the holy name of Jesus. Amen. Last year, pre-COVID, my son and I made our trek to Symphony Center in Chicago to listen to Anton Bruckner's fourth symphony, known as the Romantic Symphony. Now, I had never paid much attention to Bruckner. In fact, I knew nothing about the composer. As we listened to the performance of this amazing symphony, I was struck by its beauty and attention to detail. As I had learned in the pre-concert lecture, Bruckner was orphaned at a young age and sent to an Augustinian monastery where his love for organ would blossom. His time there would become formative for so much of his life. Upon entering the monastery, young Bruckner was amazed by the monastery's great pipe organ, which had been made in the late Baroque era. Bruckner eventually came to play that great organ during church services. There is often a good amount of mystery in music. As with poetry, so much is meant to be left unanswered. It simply breathes in and out, it breathes its own way, and we marvel at the complexity of it all. Now, 20th century musicologists would come to conclude that Bruckner's unique style was modeled after the pipe organ, alternating between two groups of instruments as when changing from one manual of the organ to another. 
As we begin the season of Advent, we are led by St. Mark to think about the mystery of the cosmos and the coming of the Savior. It is, as a deep classical composition, somewhat of an enigma. When we think upon our own lives of faith and devotion, we consider how we may live out the holy life of Jesus, which he has established and blessed as we wait for his advent. In the gospel for this morning, Jesus gives this riddle in language of the falling of the stars, darkening of the sun, and his subsequent coming in the clouds in great majesty. We hear these words and we marvel in mystery as we would listen to a great symphony. In the midst of the language of the end of times, Jesus tells us a couple of times to watch, be awake, take heed. In the book of Daniel, we learn of King Nebuchadnezzar's dreams. In one dream, we are introduced to what is described as a watcher, a holy one, who came down from heaven and proclaimed in the vision. These were heavenly beings, these watchers, who were always about the word of the Lord. Heaven's watchers are those who are always attentive to the Lord and his holy teachings. In days of pandemic, strife, anger, and uncertainty, it is easy to be distracted. God's word teaches and points us in holy directions. And the cadence of the church's sacramental life brings forgiveness, renewal, and strength. It teaches us how to watch through the rhythms of liturgy, scripture, and Eucharist. But the dangers and turmoil in the world threaten us. The danger is that our gaze turns away then from things heavenly and back down to our worries, which are very real. Watching is difficult. But Proverbs 4, verse 1 says, Hear, O children, a father's instruction, and be attentive that you may gain insight. In the midst of the things that cause us worry, Jesus teaches us a holy attentiveness that views everything differently. We do not simply look down at the ground or remain unto ourselves. Instead, Jesus teaches us to look outward and upward to God and to our neighbor. It is a spiritual posture where we view the world differently as we look through the cross. Now we see images of watching in the New Testament. Second Peter 1.16, Peter writes, For we did not fo follow cleverly devised myths when we made known to you the power and the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, but we were eyewitnesses of his majesty. Peter was describing his own eyewitness of the transfiguration on the mountain. 
He uses a Greek word for eyewitness, which was used for one who had been initiated into the sacred mysteries. Peter had good reason to be watchful, and he taught the church about it. He also knew it was a holy posture of prayerful watching, and that it was not easy. Before Christ's arrest in the Garden of Gethsemane, Jesus brought Peter, James, and John and said, Watch and pray, that you may not enter into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. And the three, as we know, kept falling asleep. This picture remains with us as a warning. Do not let the troubles of life keep you distracted from the holy things of Jesus. And this is where the watching leads us. We are led further and deeper into the Garden of Gethsemane, where Jesus was praying to the Heavenly Father. We are led to the Lord's attentiveness, toward humanity to come and save us in our failing weaknesses. Psalm 146, verse 9, reminds us, The Lord watches over the sojourners. And that is good to remember. It is always Jesus who watches over the Father's creation. He watches over you. It is the penetrating love of Jesus that brings Advent's waiting further in to behold Jesus in the manger. We see beautiful imagery in the scriptures of the church's attentive waiting and watching. For example, in the story of Mary and Martha, as Mary sits at the feet of Jesus learning. The Gadarene demoniac, who suffered much, was blessed to have Jesus come and heal him. And then we find the man clothed and in his right mind sitting at the feet of Jesus and learning. They were likely learning about love and redemption, watching and waiting, praying and witnessing. In Acts chapter 10, Peter goes on the housetop to pray at noon. Peter's life and yours and mine are enwrapped in the love of Jesus whose advent has brought forgiveness, mercy, and a new way of living. It is as with Bruckner's compositions. His youthful years in the Augustinian monastery in prayer and worship shaped every part of his life and his music. It is the same with us. Jesus says to watch, which is to say, let the Lord's care flow into every part of your life. Through his coming, he forgives and shapes your life through his holy sacramental rhythm. Jesus forgives your failures to watch in the times when you did not watch well. And each day is a new day. Let the attentiveness and mercy of Jesus reshape you through the days in which you live. And today is a new day. 
receive the absolution and the benediction of Jesus as we watch the Lord's coming in the Eucharist to save us. In the holy name of Jesus. Amen. Amen.